For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back for another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. This time, previewing the one-and-one Detroit Lions as they head in to face the Atlanta Falcons. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am joined by the one, the only, the NFL interception leader. It's all pro Glover Quinn. What's up? What's up? What is up? Not too much. Just recovering from last weekend's loss to the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm trying to enjoy my week, trying to let it not keep me down because it's still beautiful out. The weather is great. So just got to keep going forward and hope that we can rebound this week. Right. And that's the way it is. Right. It's 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 the NFL. It's week to week. You have some weeks where you're up, some weeks where you're down. The good thing about it is you get another opportunity to go out this week. So don't let one bad play ruin a game. Don't let one bad game ruin a season. So here we go. We got a new week. We got the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go get a dub. A new week, but we also might be seeing some new faces in the lineup, unfortunately. You saw the injury report. It was massive. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he had, is he already other, underwent surgery or will undergo surgery. Torn pectoral muscle. He's going to be out for quite a while, if not the entire season. And now Tracy Walker re-enters the lineup, a player that you played with, a player that you helped teach in the NFL. And Tracy says this is a special week for him because it is the same week that he tore his Achilles. So it comes full circle. He tears his Achilles and then week three comes back as a starter for the Detroit Lions. Right. And, and you know, Thinking back to training camp when we were talking about the numbers at the safety position, right? And I was sitting there like, man, I wonder what's going to happen with Tracy because he's a he's a paid guy. He wasn't in the starting lineup. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of money to pay to a backup, right? And it's the NFL. Come week three, that backup is a starter. And that is really how it is in the NFL. You literally go, I mean, I was telling somebody this morning on the radio show, I got my first start because somebody got hurt nine times out of 10. That's how it happens. Somebody gets hurt and you have to get back in the lineup or you have to move up into the lineup. And so for Tracy it's coming full circle. He got hurt at this time. Now he's back. Obviously you don't want to see your teammates go down, especially guys that mean a lot to the team, but it's great for them to have a guy like a Tracy Walker who's played in this defense, who's played in this league uh, made plays in his league has been a starter for you earned a second contract with you so he definitely is a guy that should be able to come right in and be able to keep the keep the train moving and we saw this throughout the preseason where tracy walker he was working with the second team but he still has it and we saw it last year before the t- achilles tear he is still out there making plays tracy walker is still a starting caliber safety in the nfl he is starting for a majority of nfl teams out there he just happens to be on the lions where they've got three starters at safety one playing the nickel and so 
how does this injury impact the Lions scheme, if at all? Is it just a one-for-one replacement for Tracy Walker, plug him in for CJ, GJ? Or do you have to make some changes because you're a little bit thinner at safety now? Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think you have to make some changes because you're a little thinner or they got to elevate some guys to to fill some roles because, you know, where Tracy could come in and, and you know, play a certain role. Now, do you have the people to, to do that, right? So if you want Tracy to continue to play the same role that he played, say, for instance, he was playing like a dime uh, in certain coverages where he was down there covering the tight end. Well, if you want to keep him in that role, that means you have to have somebody that you feel comfortable with playing the safety, right? Or you got to have somebody that you feel comfortable with playing the dime so that Tracy doesn't have to do that. So it it, it can create some problems. And then, you know, now you're only one play from Brian having to go back and play safety, and now you need a nickel, right? So you go from having a lot of depth to not having very much at all. Right, because Tracy gave you some flexibility, had the ability to play both safeties. Right, if Kirby would have went down, Tracy could have came in and played the free. If CJ go down, Tracy could come in and play the strong. Right, if if Brian go down, CJ can go and play the the nickel. Tracy could come in and play the, the safety. Right, you had a lot of different options, of different things that you could do because of who Tracy was and and what he could bring. Now with CJ going down, now Tracy's thrust into the starting lineup. Now do you have somebody else that can do the same things? You know, I don't know if Efeti is uh, healthy. I mean, he's a big guy. You would think he could play safety, but it looks like they're trying to make him a corner. I don't really know. You got Will Harris. He's played some nickel for him at times. He's a bigger guy as well. I mean, he he looks like a safety too. So I don't really know how they're going to do it. I don't know what their plans are. But I definitely think it presents some changes to to to, to their scheme. It's going to look at least a little bit different. It's just who they plug into those different positions, whether it's Will, whether it's Ifeti, whether it's Stephen Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore's little brother coming in and pushing someone into the slot so that Branch can play deep. A lot of different things could end up happening, but it's not going to be Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley is still out recovering from his ACL, recovering from his hamstring. So we're going to be without him for at least another week. So there's no way that Cam Sutton or Jerry Jacobs pushes inside to the slot. And we're also going to be without James Houston. James Houston broke his ankle out six to eight weeks. And these are just the defensive injuries. We've got a bunch of injuries on offense too, Glover. We are hurting right now. Hurting. I, I don't know what it is about the Seattle Seahawks, but it's always like that after we come off a game with those guys. It's, it's always injuries. It's I don't know. But like we said, and I, and I feel like we said the same thing last year. You're going to have injuries. You don't want a lot of them at the same time, obviously. But if you're going to have them, you want to have them early. 
so that for one you can adjust as a team but guys can come back but the injuries that we're having cj's probably not going to be able to come back james houston is going to be out for a while like you don't want these type of injuries i mean you want the two weeks you know two weeks here three weeks there he'll be back you know these right here are are, are major injuries and so we're definitely going to have to to make some moves and like you said, it happens early enough, so maybe you have to come up and figure out a trade that you can make to bolster certain things because, you know, Aiden hasn't gotten his first sack yet. I think it's going to get even harder now with James Houston being out because, you know, who who's going to have rushing on that other end now? So it, it, it it's going to be a tough game for him. It is. It is. And that's why a lot of Lions fans are linking Washington Commanders defensive end Chase Young to the team, hoping that they can trade for him. But that is, as we often see from the Detroit Lions fan base, wish casting. No idea if that's actually got any truth behind it. Yeah, that's, you know, that is a big one. It's the you same know, as Mike Evans, right? It's just Lions right. fans want the guy. <laughs> they see, they see. Some things that are potentially there, but I don't know. I don't know if Magic Johnson lets Chase Young get out the Chase Young get out the building. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure he's actually available, especially with the Washington Commanders' hot start to the season. But looking at the offense of the Detroit Lions, we're also super banged up there. These are some more of the injuries you were talking about, the one to two, maybe three-week injuries. David Montgomery's going to miss a couple weeks with a thigh injury. They elevate Bam Knight from the practice squad to fill Craig Reynolds' role. Craig Reynolds is going to fill in for David Montgomery and probably just going to see more Jameer Gibbs. But Amon Ross St. Brown, he's also day-to-day with a turf toe injury. And usually players with turf toe miss at least one game. Am I wrong with that? Yeah, I mean, depending on how bad it is. Turf toe yeah. is um turf toe is definitely something that you know it's hard to deal with, especially as a skilled guy. It's hard, you know, when you can't bend your toe and run and do the things that you need to do, it makes it difficult. And so generally guys will miss a week or two depending on how bad it is. Um, hopefully his is not too bad to where he can come back and play. That's why they may be listening day to day. So we'll see. But it'd be a huge loss if he's not out there. If he's not out there, that puts the Lions in a rough position on offense. Going to need Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, all those guys to step up without two offensive linemen because it looks like Taylor Decker is going to be out again with an ankle injury. It looks like Hal Vita is going to miss this week with a knee injury. Brought back Dan yeah. Skipper, though. Dan Skipper back for his Big fourth. Fourth Dan. stint with the Lions. Big Dan. Dan's been there since I was there. <laughs> Fourth Big time Dan. returning to the team, too. I think that's got to be a record. Oh, yeah. Got to be. But he's probably one of those guys that they trust. He can play a lot of different positions on the O-line. Hey, man, the spring game, Big Dan. We know he likes it here. He'll come back. And, um, yeah, it and works probably. out for him. Probably, depending on how much time these guys miss, he's probably going to end up making a start or two like he did last year. Hopefully not. Hopefully they recover quickly. But not likely they're going to play against the Atlanta Falcons, who have a tough defense. They brought in Calais Campbell. They brought in Bud Dupree. They brought in all these guys, including Jeff Akuda, who is set to return home to the Detroit Lions or face the Detroit Lions. What do you think about this Falcons defense? It's a kind of punch you in the mouth type defense. Yeah, I mean they're they're making some moves out there. You know they're good. They they got a good little tough team, good tough offense, tough defense. Like you said, they brought in 
you know, a veteran guy like Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, like those are some guys that can change the culture of a defense. They've 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 been around winning. They understand it. And you need a good group of veterans with some younger guys, right? You got good young talent. You need some veteran guys to steer them in the right direction and help them let their talent show, right? So uh, this defense is, is is tough. You know, they were down to Green Bay, and the defense picked it up in the second half and allowed the offense to come back, and they actually got a win in that game. So they're going to come in with a lot of confidence offensively and defensively. And if the Lions are still licking their wounds from the loss to Seattle and the injuries that we've sustained this week, it could be a tough game, and you definitely don't want to drop two games in a row at home against NFC opponents. So it's a big, it's a big, it's a big, big game for the Detroit Lions. And the Falcons look like legit NFC opponents. Last year, losing to the Carolina Panthers, they were in the hunt, but they never really were in the hunt. They weren't competing for a wild card. This with the Atlanta Falcons, if they don't win the South, they look like they're going to be competing for a wild card. This is a game where the Lions could end up missing the playoffs because of a tiebreaker with the Atlanta Falcons. You can't have that. And this is just a big, physical, not sexy team. And talking about the defense, zero points allowed in the fourth quarter. They have pitched a shutout in the fourth, while the offense has scored 27 in the fourth quarter. So this is a team that, as the game wears on, they're just going to beat you down and make things tough for you. Right. And we've seen it two weeks in a row. And like you said, this is not a game that the Lions want to lose because if the Lions lose this game, this actually really puts them in a situation where they have to win the division because you're going to have, you're going to be behind the tiebreaker of Seattle and you're going to be behind the tiebreaker of Atlanta. Now those teams both can go downhill the rest of the season, but looking at their division, you don't expect Seattle to win their division, especially yeah. with San Francisco and the Rams in there. They're not going to win that division unless something catastrophic happens. But you can see them competing and fighting for a wild card spot around seven to nine wins. You look at the Atlanta Falcons. They could possibly win that division, right? Tampa's 2-0, Saints are 2-0, but Atlanta's going to be right there. And so if they don't win that division, you don't want to be behind them fighting for a wild card spot too. So if they don't win this game, it kind of puts them in a situation where they have to win the division. And I don't think the Lions want to be in that situation this early. So you got to win these AFC, these, these NFC games. And like you said, their defense has shut teams out in the fourth quarter, right? They've shut teams out in the fourth quarter. They wear on you, you know, this, this game, this game is, is, is scary. This game, this game is scary because of the injuries that the Lions have and the way that the Atlanta Falcons are playing. The Atlanta Falcons are what most teams and coaches probably want, a team that's under the radar. They don't have a lot of national hype, a lot of national publicity, a lot of national TV games. Nobody's talking about them, but you look up, they're playing well, and they're 2-0. They go to Detroit under the radar and win another game. Now they're 3-0. And who knows what happens in that organization, that locker room. So this is a must-win game early in the season for the Detroit Lions. This is absolutely a must-win game. And you don't like to say must-win in week three, but it is. 
The Lions absolutely must win this, especially because even if the Lions win the division, the loss to the Atlanta Falcons here, if they both win, puts them in the third seed, the fourth seed, rather than the second seed, the third seed, puts them behind the Atlanta Falcons. So many reasons why this game is way more important than we expected when we looked at the calendar entering the season. I still think they can pull it off, but they're going to have to get back in the mud, as Dan Campbell says. It's going to be a dirty game. It's going to be a physical game. Bijan Robinson, 172 yards from scrimmage last week from the running back. Their backup, Tyler Algier, can punch you in the mouth, too. So this is going to be a tough one. I think this is going to be a slugfest. For such a finesse team that the Detroit Lions have beat, they're going to have to get real physical, and I think they can. They just haven't yet. Well, we're going to have to see it on Sunday. You know, those linebackers are going to have to come down here. B. John Robinson is going to be a tough tackle in space. You're going to have to get him before he gets going. And, you know, we got to get some sacks. We got to find ways to get them. When you don't get sacks, right, and you don't get the tackles for loss. You look at last game, we had zero tackles for loss outside of the sack that Alex Anzalone had. So what that means is teams, unless they're getting penalties, they're not getting put in situations where it's second and 12 or second and 13. That means it's always second and six, second and seven, because they're getting positive yards or something on first down. You're not getting any plays where you're tackling them and they're losing yards. So if you're not getting tackles for loss, you're not getting sacks, you're not getting interceptions, you're not disrupting the offense. You're not getting them off schedule. You're not doing any of those things, and that presents a problem over time. It's a lot of pressure put on the defense to continue to play when you're not forcing any turnovers or, you know, getting tackles for loss and getting them behind the schedule. That's how you help get turnovers. When a team is in obvious passing situations and you can turn around, turn loose the pass rush, getting your good pass coverages. When teams are in third and threes and fours, they can run it. They can like they could do a lot of different things. So it makes it difficult as a play caller to be able to say, okay, well, we're going to do this and try to make a play. You really can't. And so that's what we're seeing a lot of. Yeah, and you give up a seven, eight-yard run on first down. Now you got a second and short anyways. You take the pop pass. You take the deep shot. Opens up so many things. And people like to cite this stat for the Detroit Lions. Oh, they're the eighth best team against the run right now because they've only allowed 91 yards through two games. It's like, well, that seems a little bit misleading because the Kansas City Chiefs are a pass-happy team and Geno shredded them for over 300 yards. So why would they run against the Lions when they're shredding them through the air? I don't think we can say the Lions are a good team against the run. I don't think we know what the Lions are against the run because we just haven't seen it other than we know they can't make a tackle for a loss to save their life. Right. I mean, and, and I got asked that this morning, and that's what I said. I'm like, I don't really know what the Lions are off defensively right now. I really don't. We got a bunch of injuries going on right now. You look at week one, they played well, but Kansas City didn't try to run the ball. They are a pass-happy team, and defensively, they got a lot of pressures on the quarterback. Didn't get him down, but they got pressures on him. And so I'm like, that was a decent showing, I guess. You know, obviously you look at Travis Kelsey not being there, the drops by Kadarius Tony, and those different things that could have made it a different performance for the defense. But you got to give credit that they went and took care of what they had to take care of with the guys that were on the field. So then you come back week two 
And it's like, okay, well, Kenneth Walker didn't really go off either, but Geno Smith did. So it's like, okay, well, are they a good run defense? Are they not? Like, we didn't get any pressure second in the second game. Are they a good pass rushing team? Or like, I don't really know. We, I really don't know what they are at this point. I really don't. And so maybe the third week we get to see is the performance closer to what it was week one or is it closer to what it was in week two? And then we can kind of start to see, oh, this is who they really are. And hopefully the performance is closer to week one and they go out and have a good performance at home. Yeah, and we'll have that question answered. Our team's passing against the Lions because it's easy to pass against them? Are they avoiding the run because they can just pass instead? Or are they avoiding the run because the Lions have been that good up front against the run? We're going to find out. Going to be interesting to see some of these personnel alignments now that they've suffered some injuries on the defensive line too. But I am hopeful. I believe that the Lions are the type of team that can go out and get into a slugfest and make it work. Just haven't seen it yet. So I'm nervous, but I'm optimistic for these Detroit Lions. What's your key for this game against the Atlanta Falcons? Because to me, it is all about the trenches. It's whether the defensive line of the Lions can get stops against the run, tackles for loss, and pressures, and if the Falcons can do the same against the Lions' banged-up offensive line. Right, and I, and I would say, you know, every coach, every everybody's going to always say that that's where the game is won and lost, right? So we can say that's the matchup each and every week. Can we control the O-line defensively, and can we control the D-line offensively, right? Can we win in the trenches? But I'm, I'm a defensive back. I'm a skilled guy. I want to see because I feel like that's what it comes down to. How can we match up with their skilled guys? How can our corners – Match up with those wide receivers, those tight ends. How can we tackle Bijan Robinson in space, right? And then what can we do offensively? Can can this be a showdown of Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs? Who's the most dynamic young running back, right? Got two first on draft picks, right? Like, what can this be a uh, uh, a great matchup and we step up to the challenge and our skill guys outplay their skill guys and and we win this game because yeah the trenches are going to be the trenches that's always going to be a, a, a thing i want to see how does our dbs and our linebackers match up with their skill guys and how our skill guys attack their dbs and linebackers and we need a pick this week right we need Got a pick to. To- Make up for the two dropped by CJGJ in week one. Make up for Kirby last week, the pick six he dropped. And I know we had the pick six in week one, but I haven't seen a soccer trot yet. The pick six is not a soccer trot. He picked 60, right? So they're celebrating. We haven't seen the soccer trot yet. That means, come on, guys, where are the turnovers? Each and every year, it's the same. Where are the turnovers? Come on, guys. We need at least two soccer trots this game. At least two soccer trots and one at of them, least and one of them has to be an interception i don't care if it's an interception and a fumble if it's two interceptions but you gotta make up for it they gotta start going to hand school they gotta learn from glover quinn because you can't drop those you just can't you can't you can't and that's and i hate to say this but that is why i don't do the jugs because that catch that 
Kirby Joseph went to go and make in the end zone for a pick six, that is not something that you replicate on the jugs. You can replicate that in hand school, though. But on the jugs, you're not doing that. You're just standing there catching the ball. Hand school. I have to go more detail on hand school. But it's essential for DBs. Yeah, so hand school is what you implemented for the Detroit Lions to get all of those turnovers back in the day, correct? Correct. Correct. And like I say, I I didn't like the jugs. And then one day, I'm after practice, and it's a line to even get to the jugs. And I'm just like, man, I don't have time for all this. So I had the coach start throwing throwing me the ball. I'm like, coach, I I like I like to see the ball come out of the hand. I like to see, I like to run. I like like we will use different obstacles, running behind dummies, losing vision of the ball, catching the ball, sideline catches. I used to use every time I caught a ball in practice, I used the line as the sideline. It didn't matter if I was in the middle of the field. It didn't matter if I was on the hash marks. It didn't matter. Every time I went to go and catch a ball, I used a line to just work on getting my feet down. So that when I get that one opportunity in the game, you can pull up the New Orleans Saints game, 2016, interception, backwards toe tap. You can pull up the 2014 Chicago Bears game, last game of the season, another interception, toe tap. You can pull up the Tennessee Titans game, 2016. 16 i think no like you can pull up all those games and the the footwork on the sideline as dbs we don't get a lot of those reps like wide receivers do so you got to take advantage of those times in practice where you can get those reps because the thing about it you see a lot of guys drop interceptions because they're looking down to see the line instead of catching the ball I don't want to look down and see. I want to feel the line. I want to feel the sideline. I want to have the peripheral. I want to be able to see, hey, this is the sideline all the way in front of me, so I don't have to look down to see it. It's the same one in front of me. So many things that go into that. But you got to practice that every single day just to make one or two plays, right? You see the it's an Insta Reel sound going around where they say Usain Bolt says he trained four years to run nine seconds. That's what you got to do. You got to train over and over and over to make that one play. And when you get that moment in a game like that, Kirby Joseph, that lifts you into stardom, man. Like you coming off a great year last year. They want you to make plays. They know you can make plays. You make that play in that moment and pick six and the Lions win that game, that just lifts you into stardom. You have to make those plays. Have to absolutely have to. Hopefully, the Detroit Lions start working on those hands in the secondary. Hopefully, they take some advice from Glover Quinn and hopefully they are able to put it together because I need an interception this week. I need it against the Atlanta Falcons. Make them pay. Anything else you're looking for in this matchup with the Atlanta Falcons? We're looking for the turnovers, we're looking for how the secondary handles the skill players of the Falcons. What else are we looking for as the Lions are three-point favorites at home? Well, I'm looking for the mental toughness of the team, right? Can you bounce back 
and not lose two games in a row? Can you get over the injuries? Who's going to step up, right? Next man up. But do 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 we go into the game feeling like we still can win next man up? Or are we going into the game with our heads down because we're missing some key players with this and that? Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. The league's not going to feel sorry for you. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. So are you going to be mentally tough to go to work this week and come in ready to go? Or are you going to hang your hat, hang your head down because we lost and then we lost some key players and this and that can't have that. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. How strong mentally is this team going to be? And this is a young team. We saw last year that they had their lapses in their strength of will. We saw it against the Carolina Panthers. They learned from that. Hopefully, this is a new year, a new team, a young team still, but is ready to answer the call. And around the rest of the NFL, we've got Vikings hosting the Chargers. That's going to be a big game. Hopefully, the Chargers can pull that off. We got the Packers hosting the Saints. Go Saints this week. I know you probably don't root for the Saints a whole lot. You're probably used to picking them off instead, but against the Packers, rooting for the Saints. And the Bears at Kansas City, I think we're all writing that off as a win for Kansas City right now. Well, we're hoping so. I mean, <laughs> you know, team when teams are desperate, they try all types of things, right? Nobody likes to lose. You definitely don't want to get off to an 0-3 start, right? So Chicago is going to be doing everything they can to try to get a win. Kansas City, obviously, is going to be the favorite. Um, but Chicago is going to try. But that Charger game is a big one. Chargers can beat Minnesota, and the Lions get a win. That's that's huge because, you know, it's going to be between those teams. Those are going to be the teams that in, in our division, right? I mean, Chicago's not going to be there. Green Bay, I think, I don't think they'll be there either. I think it's going to be Minnesota and Detroit. And so any anytime, you know, Minnesota can take a loss, Detroit got to capitalize and get a win as well. So hopefully Sunday we can have that. Chargers get the dub, Lions get the dub. Go Chargers, go Lions. Send the Vikings to 0 and 3. Wouldn't that be absolutely fantastic? The Saints can send the Packers to 1 and 2. And then it's a quick turnaround. It is a very quick turnaround. The Lions play again on Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. In Green Bay. That's a quick turnaround. Two Thursday night games in four weeks. Oh, yeah. That's a quick. The first one isn't as bad because it's the opening day. So you kind of get a 10 week, 10, you get a long break before it, right? Coming out of training camp. And then the, this one right here, those turnarounds are tough, right? You got a home game, then you got an away game. You got to travel to Green Bay. It's not a long trip, but it's still. You plan on Sunday, you got Monday, you got to get right back in there to start working on the Thursday game. You got Tuesday practice, and you're right on the plane Wednesday flying out. So those are quick turnarounds. Very quick turnaround. Hopefully it's a turnaround where the Detroit Lions are 2-1. and one. The Packers are 1-2. and two. And then the Lions can get the victory, go to 3-1. and one. But before we get to all of that, we've got to play this matchup on Sunday. We've got to see the Lions beat the Atlanta Falcons. And until we do, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.